Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Wednesday morning, me and Tom are both out at TCO Performance Center in Egan on Tuesday um, for the thrilling OTAs, like Tom Mm -hmm. said before we pushed record. A bunch of dudes running around in shorts (laughs) and a helmet. Um, It's fun because football is kind of back. It's also like, all right. Um, the real thing doesn't start until July, and that's very clear just watching these guys run around. Um, but a- as a whole, um, they're getting work in. Um, I think it, it is productive for what it can be. Um, I think Flores might have put it best last week, Brian Flores. Like, you won't really know what these guys are made of until next week, or in, I mean, until you put the pads on for mandatory mini camp, and obviously you get into training camp. Um, but it's a good appetizer, I guess. Um, Biggest thing to come out of yesterday, I think, um, and I'm curious what you think, Tom. Kevin O'Connell announces the Vikings will host joint practices again this training camp. Um, two days before the Vikings take on the Titans at, at U.S. Bank Stadium, they will host the Titans at, at TCO Performance Center in Egan. And then two days before they they host the Cardinals, they'll do the same thing. So two sets of joint practices um, kind of in line with what they did last year with San Francisco. Um, does this matter to you? You think this is important? Um, it, it seems to be the way a lot of teams are trending right now. I mean, this is the way I'm thinking about it a little bit. There's a team aspect and kind of like a marketing aspect. Like I was thinking about this. I'm like, why don't they let fans into the OTAs? Like people are so football starved, right? And, yep. and want it. it's because it's because honestly, I think people would go and be like, wait what (laughs) and so again like there's a reporting aspect everyone's doing we're like who's there who's now we're going to talk about jefferson and and cook and stuff and and i suppose like it is you're getting your eyes on like scene and booth or come off injuries addison right with the the rookies but like in general 
it is so much more exciting. And granted, the Niners is going to be different than the Cardinals and the Titans. But like mm-hmm. when the Niners were in town and you had the Trey Lance storyline and you have this vaunted defense and Kyle Shanahan and like it is also a more intimate setting. I mean, literally, obviously, it's not as big as the, the football stadium to play in. But also like you can just see like Shanahan and O'Connell just like sitting there chopping it up or whatever, uh, let alone like fights broke out and stuff. And, you know, you see some sort of kind of explosive plays. So I think there's a marketing aspect like, hey, get people out. Cardinals is going to be a tough sell. I mean, I guess that's the team that's on the on the schedule. Um, yeah, uh, I, I we could get into like what the purpose is or what they could glean from that. But man, it's the Cardinals. And then like the Titans, I assume it's like that variable defense, right? Kind of like bring in an intense defense, get some different looks. It was really important last year, given the Niners have a really you know, kind of smash mouth football and stuff. And Don Tell didn't. And so like, I think there was some value in that this year, I would assume Flores would bring some of that anyways to their practices. But I think really from the practical standpoint, aside from seeing two different teams is that I think back and I think you were there when they went through their like medical protocols and stuff, they had like mm-hmm. the media in there. And, and I remember they had, it was funny. It's Dalvin cook who like may not be in the team on the team in a little bit, but like they had like Dalvin cook on a scale, right. And the guy like, scaled it back and he goes some practices are here and this is like this is a light practice this is us kind of running around in shorts and going through a walkthrough and more talking about what routes you run and all this stuff he's like we're gonna have practices like that we don't want to burn our guys out and then sometimes we throttle it all the way here we want to make this clear there's times where it's in the red we want you to go the practices against other teams will be in the red these are competitive guys i think they do probably care more about this than they let on i know the games that they play will not count i know the practices certainly don't count for anything but I think that does ramp up the intensity and it does seem like the Vikings are prioritizing. Let's have some intense stuff here, but let's not grind these guys into the ground given it's a, you know, a 17 game season. So I think there is a purpose to doing this. I just, and I get it against the Titans. I get why you want to see other teams. I'm curious what like the Cardinals, you know what I mean? Like what the benefit is from practicing against the Cardinals who aren't very good. Yeah. I think you asked the question yesterday, like, what is the benefit of having two teams in there? And, and and it might be as simple as that. When you look at the Cardinals, like you're going against someone in Tennessee who is clearly, I mean, they're probably going to take a little step back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good team, good coach. Um, and just the next week against Arizona could simply be something different um, than what you've seen. And, and in theory, better prepare you for the regular season. I, I thought it was, interesting listening to kevin o'connell kind of answer the question do these joint practices take the place of preseason games then because if you recall last year when the san francisco 49ers came into town they used those two three days of joint practices basically as a game before the game against the 49ers and when the game the preseason game i should say against the 49ers rolled around we didn't see any of the starters we didn't see any of the starters last preseason as a whole. I guess some starters here and there, um, but the unquestioned top players on the team d- did not play in the preseason last year. And so hearing O'Connell talk about, well, do these joint practices now that it's two different teams take the place of preseason games? And to hear him say, I look at the preseason essentially as a way to kind of suss out who should may- be on our 53. Um, I think you can kind of read between the lines here and see, like, as long as Kevin O'Connell's in charge, guys like Kirk cousins or whoever's going to be the quarterback down the road for the Vikings guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like Harrison Smith, as long as they choose to be in the NFL, 
Daniel Hunter, if the Vikings can lock him up, these star players, these face of the franchise players, they're not going to play in preseason. Um, and, and I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, what are you gaining from preseason? Um, I, I guess on that, on the flip side of that, like Tom just asked rhetorically, what are you gaining from practicing against the Arizona Cardinals two days at TCO performance center in Egan? But like the preseason just seems like you're already added another game to the regular season schedule. Um, why risk injury in a game that anytime you step between the lines, you can get injured. So mm-hmm. I think when you talk about the injuries and you, when you, when you hear what, what these coaches and medical staff personnel have said, um, it does make sense that I think these joint practices are going to kind of be the way the Vikings move forward um, as a way to get meaningful reps without risking injury to, to some of their top guys. Yeah. So I think it's both like they, because honestly, they're going to have these two teams come in. I still don't know if they're going to use all the contact practices. I don't think they did a lot about the mm-hmm. CBA last year. And so, like, I I still think they're they're preserving these guys. I also, and I guess there's some sense that, like, people buy a ticket to the preseason. So, but, like, I think most people would say, hey, keep Jefferson off the field. Don't, you know, don't get him hurt. I think some of these right. guys do want some reps, and I think they do talk it through with the players. But I think, you know, I think about it this way, like Cook's out and you're looking at some of the depth behind him, right? You kind of know what Madison is. And obviously they know enough that they give him another contract. But like a Ty Chandler, I looked, he had like, I think six carries for 20 yards or something. Like there's nothing to glean from what he did in the regular season. Um, They're learning about Ty Chandler, both obviously in the practice and stuff, but in preseason games, right? And I think they're prioritizing like, can we learn something about Jalen Naylor, right? And Ty Chandler. And like some of these guys who are like, probably not going to get a whole bunch of playing time at least early on given where they sit in the depth chart and i think to be fair like those guys benefit from playing the cardinals because they're an nfl team you know what i mean like and so and so you know i don't know it it just i i kind of look at it like in terms of preparing justin jefferson not that again like some of these guys are like kirk cousins who's definitely a veteran they probably don't need a lot of preseason time but in terms of preparing them you know you want them to play teams like the niners i actually think there's some value in the in the titans defense or whatever i don't know how healthy kyler murray is but there may be some sense in having like a mobile quarterback right and having your defense practice against that because that is not what kirk cousins is and that's what a lot of the nfl is mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i I think it's here's the thing. It's going to be exciting no matter what. It's I, neither of these teams are the Niners, but it's going to be exciting when another team in another uniform shows up from out of town and they can build kind of the hype. And it's the NFL. They want to hype everything. They have the schedule release, right? They hype like just the mo- the combine, right? you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like they're going to hype a preseason game against Tennessee or against Arizona. And like this is part of that. So I do I do think this is part of it. I also like that they're thinking outside the box. A lot of the NFL is play it safe. You're, you don't have a lot of job security. Again, going to your point, like leaving a quarterback in too long can ruin your season because they get injured on a stupid play. And then you're like, well, there goes like the, you know what I mean? The last quarter of the season or whatever. So I get these guys are under a lot of pressure. I just think um, I like that. At least these guys feel enough job security where they can try something different. This is something different. It's instead of grinding these guys in the ground, instead of just practice against your own team, bring two teams in, ramp up the intensity. Hopefully that gets you ready for week one, I guess, against Tampa. Yeah, I think the two teams thing is pretty interesting too, just because like it was almost like after when, when, when I don't know who did the first joint practice. I don't know whose idea it was for the first time. Yeah. I go back and dig through the history books and figure out who was the first team to do this. But it seemed like a lot of teams followed suit. Um, but I thought it, you know, everyone stopped at one. 
one team for a long time. And it yeah. was like, oh, training camp, dog days of training camp. We're excited to go against someone else. Why not add another team in there? And and they are going, you know, the Vikings, it does help when you have a practice facility like the Vikings do, um, where you can house these players, uh, you know, from an, from an opposing team. I would assume they stay at the Omni, which is like yeah. 25 steps away from the facility itself. Like it does help when you have like a state of the art practice facility where you can fit this many people into. Um, I'm, I think this is probably just isn't an option for some teams across the NFL. Um, but the fact that they are pushing the envelope and saying, all right, well, a lot of teams have done one joint practice or one going against one team in, in the set of joint practices, why not get another? Um, and I think a lot of teams are starting to do that now. I know the Patriots are going to have two separate things of joint practices where they actually travel for both. Um, the Vikings are at least hosting there. So they're not, it's not like everyone's getting on a plane two yeah. days in Atlanta and then getting, you know, uh, the Vikings are easy. They don't have to travel at all. Um, but I think when you look at a team like New England, who's going to travel for two sets of joint practices, um, this is the way the NFL is going to go at some point. Um, so I, I, it's nice to see the Vikings kind of be at least in line or ahead of the curve a little bit rather than three years from now being like, oh, we should schedule two joint practices against yeah. somebody um, because everyone else is doing that. So yeah, yeah um, commendable. I think that, that they're kind of thinking outside of the box. And I think there is some risk that there's a little more contact, right? Like I, I think of like Probably, when the yeah. fight broke out last year, it was like Thielen taking exception, I think, to the, the Niners tackling Cook or something. Mm -hmm. Which again, you understand why why they wouldn't want that. But like, um, and you do worry about you occasionally see these like ridiculous fights, right? Because it's there is you are seating control, right? Like as much as O'Connell talked, like, hey, me and Shanahan agreed, like we probably don't want guys like throwing fists and you know, and, mm -hmm. this time of the year, uh, I, I think. There, I, again, there must be an understanding, obviously, with the coaches that here's here's the limits or whatever. I also, I mean, it's probably not the end of the world. Again, if Belichick's doing it, there's probably some rhyme and reason to it. I don't know why you'd want to travel twice to do this. I, the reward would have to be pretty substantial because you'd think, like, again, you kind of want these guys in your own, especially with the Vikings with their facility, but, like, in their own facilities and their own beds and stuff like that as they mm -hmm. prepare. But, um, but I think you're right. Like, they should be getting ahead of trends. And I think – I just think there's some intent behind this, right? It's not like someone just floated the ideal and Econo was like, ah, sure, let's just have the Cardinals in here. You know, I think there's right. there's some, some reason for it. So, I don't know. And maybe it becomes more – something where, like, you do it with every, you know, team you play in the preseason or something like that. But um, I do think it's exciting for fans. Again, I think if there was something exciting to watch right now, fans would be in watching OTAs. I'm just telling people like, it is not, it is not super intriguing. Um, and I think the, uh, um, and I think, yeah, there was just some hype when the Niners came here. And I do think there will be more attendance and there will be more engagement and stuff like that. And the hype based league, any sports league, especially NFL, it's big. For sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. 15 minutes about joint practices. Good job. Yeah. Um, let's, let's segue to something a little more 
I guess, consequential in the grand scheme of things, a little more imminent. Um, it's May 31st, correct? June 1st yes. is tomorrow. Yes. Um, yes, June 1st is tomorrow. Um, June 1st is the date that I think a lot of people have circled because in the NFL, if you cut someone with a pre-June 1st designation as opposed to a post-June 1st designation, you save less money. So if you wait, you wait, you wait, and you cut someone after June 1st, so just the way the CBA works, you you have the ability to save more money on the dollar. <clears throat> Which brings us to Dalvin Cook. We're only out there. This was the second time we've gone to OTAs this mm-hmm. year. Um, but they did have like a little spot of practices um, back in early May um, that I think a couple of people were at. Um, and then obviously the last two pretty highly attended OTAs that the media were allowed to go to last week. And then one yesterday, obviously Um, Vikings as a whole are practicing at the practice facility beyond the days that the media is just allowed to be in there. So we'll, we'll take note of that. It's not like they've just practiced twice for OTAs that they're, they're in day five, six, seven. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Dalvin cooks has not been there at all. Um, And that's not surprising because I think none of us expected Dalvin Cook to be there um, in kind of in the midst of this contract dispute, contract, you know, the uncertainty. Similar to Daniel Hunter, you know, he's not going to play at the 4.9 base salary that he's he's <laughs> scheduled to yeah. make this year. So he's going to just wait and wait and wait until he gets a new contract. I don't expect to see, see Daniel Hunter until that contract gets done. And if it never gets done, I don't know if we see Daniel Hunter again. Um, which, but back to Dalvin Cook. Uh, June first is tomorrow. The Vikings can save nine million dollars if they cut him tomorrow. Um, I think even more if they're able to trade him. I think they can save almost like eleven million dollars if they're able to find a trade suitor post June first. If they were able to find a trade suitor, they would have done it by now. Um, it does seem like it's trending in the direction of the Vikings cutting Dalvin Cook. I know me and Tom did almost a whole episode about like, well, you don't have to cut him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't like, but I think if cutting Dalvin cook is a way that you can use that extra $9 million to lock up Daniel Hunter long-term sign, Justin Jefferson to an extension, maybe even find a way to also sign TJ Hawkinson to an extension. If that's what it's going to take and all you have to do is cut a guy that like Dalvin cook, who as good as he's been for the Vikings is in the decline of his career at this point. I think it does make sense. I think if you're just cutting him to cut him, then you should probably just keep him. But I think, um, you know, we'd like to give enough credit to general manager, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, that like if they're cutting Dalvin Cook, it's not just for the appearances. Um, they know they can do something with that $9 million. Do you think it's trending this way? Because um, mm-hmm. to me, it sure seems like it is. Yeah, I mean, I, beyond that, I think it's not just, it's also not the principle like, hey, we don't want to running back at that number. I think it's if they had been talking to Jefferson and he's like, let's just put this off. And if they like, like I think at Jefferson, Hawkinson, Daniel Hunter are like the, the three outliers right. there, right. That they have to kind of figure out how to pay them. Um, I think if you talk to him and even like, I mean, man, it'd be a bummer if it's Daniel Hunter. Cause he's 28. Like you really can sign up a, a relatively substantial contract there and he will be in the prime of his career. Assuming he's healthy, but like um, 
if he was like, yeah, nothing's happening there. Nothing's happening with Hawkinson. I think, you know, it's a different story with Cook. I would assume, again, like, what's O'Connell going to say when people are asking about Jefferson? But, like, I think with the way he said it and stuff, I think he's like, yeah, we've been talking to him, which probably means, like, we we kind of know what he wants contractually. And mm-hmm. I think they're estimating what's, you know, what do we have saved from Zadari Smith? Let him go. Um, what do we project to save with Cook gone? And then, you know, how do we, you know, are we going to fill all that cap space? Because our point was, if it, if you're at a point where, like, you can retain Cook and it doesn't affect the other players for whatever reason, you might as well spend the money. I do think this, the way things are trending, Cook's probably out and they probably have something ready to go kind of with these other guys. I mean, otherwise... Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Both, right. both from the the cook, the cap standpoint, but also like, what was the plan then? Like you knew you're going to have to pay Jefferson. You traded all this stuff for Hawkinson. He can't go. And I do think you need to nail Hunter. I mean, like beyond just like Zedary Smith is gone and that's such an important position. Like, yeah, he's also just, he is such an impact player, right? We, it's obvious with Hawkinson and with, with Jefferson, but I think we have to see Hunter in that category because Otherwise, I get like Flores is a wizard or whatever, and he can do all these crazy plays. At some point, like you just need the talent to get after the quarterback, and that's Dale Hunter. Yeah. But I think when you say, like, what are we doing here? It's a great way of phrasing it because this June 1st date has been kind of out there in the ether for a long time. You can almost plan around it, whether you're talking to Daniel Hunter's agent or whether you're talking to JJ's representatives. Look, I know Hawkinson wants to get paid too, but he just by nature would would be like third in, in line at this point. He's yeah. there. Um, you're going to pay him at some point. You've traded for him. Um, I think a way to make these headlines go away of Justin Jefferson's not at OTAs, Neil Hunter is not at OTAs, is to pay them. Um, there is no headlines with TJ Hawkinson because he's there. Um, so by nature, I think he becomes third in your priority list. Um, but if you cut Dalvin cook on tomorrow, June 1st or June 2nd, June 3rd, and you're not ready to go with the contract, like with for Daniel Hunter or, or Justin Jefferson to get kind of that out of the way, then I agree. Like, what were you doing this whole time? Like, were yeah. you, like you knew this was coming down the shoot. Um, so I, I do anticipate if they do cut Dalvin cook, something pretty quickly to be worked out with one of those other two guys. Um, I will throw Hawkinson in there too. I just think he's going to be third in the priority list. Um, I think it's impressive as a whole, like the, the attendance the Vikings have had at training camp or at OTA Mm -hmm. so far. Um, But it just makes those absences even more glaring. Um, Namely the three guys we've talked about, Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there, there is engagement across like the organization, like as in you, obviously the NFLPA thing's been referenced a hundred times, but it's like, right. they do. Um, when, like I, I didn't have a lot of perspective on what the other facilities were like. Right. I would always compare the Vikings to like what they had before. Right. Which yeah. was like winter park was functional, but it definitely was like, you could tell this wasn't like state of the art or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think like Tampa had their guys like working out outside for a while. You know what I mean? It's stuff like yeah. that. There's just like, there's some ridiculous situations and I would get how like players wouldn't feel engaged, right? You rookies will veterans trying to hang out on the fringes of the roster will um, guys who have like pressure on them, right. Come in with a new contract or whatever. But I think most of these guys go, honestly, they're, kind of in the back of their mind saying what we're saying, like, isn't this a whole bunch of guys just running around in shorts or whatever. I think they, 
it, they do a buy-in. I think it's really guys who literally have just a like a strong purpose not to be there. Right? Cook is don't get hurt because we want to get signed by someone else or whatever. Um, because again, at this point, it seems like he's gone. With Jefferson, it's probably similar. It's like don't get hurt right before you sign a contract, but also like what is, what is he going to glean from this? Right. Um, if uh, um, you, you know Hunter with his injury history. Uh, I, I think also, I mean, not that these guys, like as much as I think there's a good relationship between KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson, I know Jefferson's like, yeah, hey, I'm holding on from camp. So Osborne gets more time. Right. But like, to be fair, Osborne does benefit from this. I think we were talking about this. He was kind of getting run as the receiver one. That is a guy with something to prove. I don't know if the Vikings will be able to retain him, but like he wants to get paid no matter what he wants to have a big season. I think he's a guy who always kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Ty Chandler, for example, probably doesn't hate that. Cook or, uh, yeah. That cooks out because like, Hey, that's more reps for me. I can show like I can carry my own. It could be me and Madison if it has to be, whatever. Like you think how oh, competitive these guys, what they think. And then, you know, I think of like, the young defensive players, like I know Osamo look good. He wants to prove something in camp. Certainly Booth and Seen coming off of injuries. I, I think it's it's kind of both. Like they they have buy-in because it seems like the coaches have done a good job with the players and the facilities are good. And there is some thought that this team could win the division, all this stuff, right? The promise of winning. Um, but they also have a lot of guys with just like something to prove. You know what I mean? If you're if you're seen, you're trying to be like, Yeah, I got hurt and I'm gonna still be a great young player or whatever. Osamo, it's like you can get rid of Kendricks, man. I'm, I got this. You know what I mean, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Like you kind of go down, down the line. Um, and especially given how they drafted this year, like Addison's under pressure as a young receiver who was drafted in the first round. And then everyone else is a late pick, right. You know what I mean? So like those sure. guys all come in with, with a chip. So yeah, I mean, I think it does seem like they have the incentive structure, right. In terms of like the guys who are getting paid are that good. The guys who, you know, like have something to prove, right. Are, are there working on it. And uh, I don't think any players looking at it and be like, man, I don't get why Cook's not here, why Jefferson's not here, or whatever. It's it's everything makes sense of that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like like I get why the players who are there are there, and why there's so many of them, and I get why the ones who aren't. aren't. Yeah, for sure. Like Dalvin, why risk an injury? Um, you know you're probably gonna get cut. Like if I'm Dalvin's agent, I'm like, don't go to OTAs. Yeah. What if you stick your foot in the ground, you blow your knee out, and then you're done? They're gonna cut you anyway. Well, I guess then at that point, they just put you on IR. You can make your first yeah. salary, whatever. Um, I digress. Same with Jeff Jefferson. Same with Hunter. Um, it was interesting. You know, you've alluded to it. Like, when asked about Jefferson yesterday, really for the first time, like, pressed on it. Like, where is he? O'Connell did seem, like, pretty cool, calm, and collected. Um, it would be kind of a disservice to the rest of the team if – O'Connell was like freaked out in that moment and wasn't yeah. ready for a question like that. Um, and I think that's part of like, you have to just say that like, yeah, we're all good. Um, but I also do kind of believe it. Like I believe that they're kind of in the same, on the same page about everything. I think now if Justin Jefferson's not there for mandatory minicamp, it's just going to become a bigger story because the team will be liable mm -hmm. to find him. Um, but right now they're voluntary. And just because you have a lot of, attendance uh, from the rest of your team um, just because one guy is not there. Um, I know it's a big deal. I know it's a story because we say it is, um, but they are voluntary at the end of the day. Um, and until he's missing mandatory stuff, not a big deal to me, big deal to you. 
No, no, and I, I, I think you're right. Like it's, it's whether they're getting hit in the pocketbook, whether it would hurt the team, right? You know what I mean? I think we talked about this. Like Addison should be running routes and developing chemistry with mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. Like KJ Osborne should take this really seriously, even though he's sort of kind of a veteran, especially like on a younger team. And like, um, we're saying Osmo and some of these guys, but like, you know, I think there are guys who really, really should take it seriously. I just. I think I think it's more alar- a it's going to be a story because it's Jefferson, but like it's always alarming if something's out of, you know what I mean? When you're like that player should be there, right? Yeah. Like, are they hurt, yeah. right? Stuff like that. That to me is more alarming when you can kind of do the math and figure it out. It's less so. I'd be a little surprised. It, I think it becomes a a a like serious serious story if Jefferson's willing to take fines. I understand he he can like pay them, right? But like you know if he's willing to take fines at that point, I'm going like what happened here because the Vikings should have a number in their mind. Right. And like Jefferson yeah. knows what he's worth. And, you know, you go back again, I know like as they're clearing out their locker and they just lost to the giants, he's not going to be like, dude, I really need to get paid. Right. But like he kind of, the way he answered it, I took it as like, yeah, dude, I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm getting like, money. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think where, where that becomes trouble is if all of a sudden he goes, wait, they knew this. Right. And so I don't know, again, like I think the Vikings need to act quick. I, they, as much as again, a lot of this stuff feels kind of slotted in or whatever. Like if you're letting cook go, get Jefferson to sign right away and, and have, you were talking about the priorities, have that conversation with Daniel Hunter, um, have it with Hawkinson. And I think the only reservation they're probably going to have is, is Hunter's injury history, but he's such a need, especially with Zedary mm-hmm. Smith gone. I think you just gotta bite it right. And go, he might get hurt hunters in need at some point you're yeah. always taking a risk as a football team yeah going to your back to your point about like jefferson like yes it becomes a big deal like if he's willing to take fines it's also two days you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. If you just show up for two days it's not a story you just yeah. kick the can down the road till july so yeah. he you would hope it's not a story at this point because in a lot of ways too like justin jefferson is really like throughout his whole career to this point endeared himself to like the fan base come across as a guy who, like you said, like kind of just knows it is what it is. I'm I'm one of the best in the game. I'm going to get paid. Not a lot of like lightning rod nature to his, his off the field persona. If he starts taking fines, like it's just going to trend that way. Um, It's just going to kind of open that door, Um, which frankly, I don't need it to be open. Not with Justin Jefferson. Um, He's been a joy to cover. I don't really want to do the whole song and dance of like, you know, the unhappy diva receiver. Um, yeah, I don't need yeah. to do that with him. I don't think he's like that. Um, no reason to believe he's like that. Um, so I hope we don't have to just start to entertain the thoughts that he might be. He's made a point to not be that as in like, he's, he's said like almost explicitly, like I'm not at times where like people have asked about, and it's all fair because it's out in the open, but like, hey, you commented on something supporting Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. right? He's always gone, Kirk's my core, it, right? This kind of like succinct, Kirk's my quarterback. There is no issue, yep. whatever. And I think, I do actually believe that comes from this confidence he just has that he's that good, right? And mm-hmm. you could say, well, of course, but like, he, I think, again, it was a bit receiver drafted late in the first round, like all this stuff. Like it wasn't kind of preordained that he would be this good. It just felt like he always had this kind of self-confidence and that's probably the best way for him to, to be right. He, 
he is a superstar beyond just like on the field obviously like he is now you're not just a vikings fan every football fan knows who he is and how special he is and stuff like that so why would he need to push that narrative and i think you're right like for him show up don't take fines it's on the it's it is the vikings almost exclusive their fault unless like jefferson's asking for something ridiculous it is exclusively their fault if they're not prepared to pay for them like that mm-hmm. that is something that they should have penciled in as soon as they saw him blow up in his rookie season yeah it, it does seem like it's coming and um maybe soon enough that we'll hop back on before next week and, and yeah. talk about it if dalvin cook gets caught if when question mark dalvin cook gets cut we'll hop on for an emergency pod to kind of say what it all means um if for some reason this takes another six seven days we will jump back on next week and, and kind of talk about otas then and and kind of the dalvin cook saga if it if it continues but uh, i expect something to get done here in the next few days um just by nature of the nfl schedule and in how it all works um but like i said if he gets cut me and tom will hop back on we will talk about it we'll break it down we'll give an ode to dalvin cook and the career he's had with the vikings um, until then, this is all we got for this week. We'll wrap here. We will check back in next week if nothing happens. And like I said, we will be back um, sooner than that for an emergency pod if Dalvin Cook does get cut. Make sure you are subscribing. Make sure you're rating this, reviewing it. All that helps us. Um, and, you know, We're starting to ramp up here again. So it's not a bad idea to push the subscribe button. Make sure this is coming to you right You know, whenever we drop a new episode. Um, just so you're not having to look for it. For Tom Trier, I'm Dane Mizutani. This is Inside Purple and Gold. We'll see you next time. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 